Welcome, welcome back to She Can Talk the Podcast. I am your host, Colleen, aka Gongly MC on Instagram, if you want to see what we're doing with that music, or Colleen Eat Wings on Instagram, if you want to see what we're cooking, what we're eating, what we're sourcing and tossing. Or you can just play it safe and just go over to doughrecords.com and you can see everything from there. You can see the podcast, which also has Instagram, She Can Talk the Podcast. You can see about Dough Records, you can see what we're doing. Or oh, like I always tell you guys, if you want to submit music, you can do that there as well. Without further ado, I, um, you know me, I don't really post this many episodes back to back like this, but I definitely want to touch on this one today because I shared a post about something that kind of intrigued me yesterday or the last couple of days. And when I posted it, not only did it intrigue me, I got so much response from, you know, fellow creatives, fellow artists, fellow producers, DJs, uh, several people shared it and created their own dialogue off of my post. So I said, you know what? Definitely talking about it tonight. I'm going to post this for you guys. So as you all know, if you were on my friends list or you saw my post on Facebook or you shared it and saw it someone else that shared it. Or if you just know the news itself, because forget me, I'm, I'm just a, a fly on the wall of this bigness of news. But, um, there's nothing like, uh, to me, I don't think it's nothing really major, but it definitely opens up the floor for talk and dialogue. Right. So a couple of days ago, um, as you can see by the title of this show, Conway the Machine from the group Griselda out of Buffalo, New York, said um, some statements on his Instagram live. He said, hey, look, I feel like, you know, we have a lot of gatekeepers in New York, a lot of people that don't want to play our music, and we need to get these old niggas out the way. And I'm just like paraphrasing slash quoting, you know, Conway. I'm not saying this is my thoughts or this is my words. I'm just quoting to tell you what I'm leading up to my episode tonight. All right. So he basically said how he felt like he, he, he was being slighted and maybe his group was being slighted by New York DJs, New York radio DJs in particular by not playing his songs or their songs, you know, and playing other artists who he feels is not as talented and not as, you know, on not as seasoned as him or his his group and he had a problem in particular he talked about funk master flex and he talked about dj sus one off of hot 97 so um shout out to hot 97 just because i grew up in new york and so hot 97 was definitely the home of hip-hop when i started out you know in new york and not say started out i grew up there i was born and raised in the bronx Jacoby Hospital, keep it real. So, um, yeah, he talked about how um, these, you know, Hot 97, I guess, is supposed to be the home of hip hop, but they don't play hip hop artists like his group, Griselda, or himself, Conrad Machine, because he has music out, and, you know, Benny the Butcher, West Side Gun. You know, they, they do stuff collectively and individually. And he said how um, he just feels like Funk Master Flex, basically, for lack of a better word, drops the ball as far as supporting artists from New York. So um, <clears throat> Funk Master Flex became a little bit upset about what, you know, Conway had to say about him and his support of his group and his music. And it opened up a can of worms. 
<laughs> and I'm being, it's an understatement. Even me, who really and truly, like, I don't really try to get into other people's debates or, you know, back and forth or, or um, dialogue when it comes to music because I understand behind the scenes a lot of bullshit go on there'd be a lot of feelings involved and a lot of people don't really like a lot of people you know what I'm saying and vice versa so I understand and a lot of is a lot of ego where you know it's like oh you know even as an artist myself like I, like the one thing I always say I think I probably even said it on an episode before this you know I always quote Erica Badu because when she said that shit on Tyrone, you know, I'm an artist. I'm sensitive about my shit. That fucking moved through me like a higher vibration. You know what I'm saying? Because I was like, that's me. You know, when you work hard on your music, when you like sit there. Because sometimes it takes me, um, you know how you want to say something and you want to execute it. But you want it to be magnificent. You don't want it to just be mediocre. So it will take me a, a couple of tries and a couple of months, you know. If I'm trying to get something right, you know, sometimes during deadlines, you have to do the best that you can within the time frame, And I respect that too. And I, and I always, you know, challenge myself to rise to the occasion, but I respect that because I don't never want to put nothing out that's, you know, garbage or mediocre or half-assed. And sometimes I'll be mad at myself because sometimes I listen to some shit and I'll be like, what the fuck were you thinking? What is that? And we all go through it, you know? <clears throat> Like a couple of actors, you know, will have a movie like, oh, please, whatever you do, don't pull that movie up. You know, that's not my best work. Musicians were like, whatever you do, that's not my best song. Don't pull it up. You know, so everyone has that, you know, moment. So I'm not going to say like, oh, you know, I'm immune from it. No. But at the same time, you're sensitive about your stuff. And you, if you really are true and serious and focused on your craft, you're going to take that time out to say, you know what? I'd rather take the time out to harness and make this nice versus let me rush through it and give you, you know, just, you know, quantity over quality. I'm a quality over quantity type of person. So if you know me, you know, always know for years that has been my, one of my many sayings, quality over quantity. But some people don't feel like that. Some people feel like, you know, let's knock it out because we're going to get this money, you know, and I get it. But honestly, that's not even what this episode is about. Let me get back on track. This episode's about, you know, something that I kind of agree with. I'm not even going to say I kind of agree with. I wholeheartedly agree with. When Conway said it's a lot of gatekeepers in New York that kind of like create barriers for, for you new artists. I don't care what your sound is, what your preference of um, music is, or who your targeted audience is. That's probably the best way to say it. I don't care. It should still be a platform and an opportunity for your music to get heard. I agree there because I'm an artist, you know, and I'm going to say like this, you know, me, well, before I jump into me, let me just keep it on track and then I'll bring it back. We'll circle around because, you know, I always got to point it on this. But, um, so I saw that and I was like, wow, this piqued my interest. This is interesting because I agree with it. I even shared it on my story and then like the person that I shared it retracted it so it got removed from my story but I even shared the um video where Kanye's where Conway oh my gosh not Kanye but Conway the machine said you know he basically addressed how New York radio is basically bogus and Fuck Flex should be actually breaking artists instead he's like a gatekeeper he's not showing love to dudes that do real hip-hop right <clears throat> I get it I agree 
Now, I, I, I registered with me because I'm an artist. And I'm like, yo, New York is my hometown. It would be nothing more than anything I would love is to hear my song playing on New York radio. You know what I'm saying? I would love that. That's one of my dreams. Born and raised in the Bronx, you know? And I know any other artist that has not had their songs in rotation on New York radio of any kind would love the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Now, shout out to Uncle Ralph McDaniel's Video Music Box because my video has been in heavy rotation on New York TV, you know, which has done a lot for me in the years, you know what I'm saying, over the years. But, um, you know, I appreciate that. But imagine what the radio would do. I'm going to just say, like, yo, radio is vital. A lot of artists will say it's not. Not in this day and age when you have the internet and everything else. But it is because consumers and people who really buy music listen to the radio, whether you believe it or not. Some people might be like, oh, I listen to my car, myself included when I'm in my car. Yo, Colossal be pissed off because he'll get in his car and my phone will be, as soon as he starts his car up, I'm in the house, my phone will connect <laughs> to his car because that's how my phone is set up. Like it'll connect to the car, start playing you know, music from New York radio. Cause I listen to like 105.1 power one Oh five in New York. I also listen to one three jams in Virginia. I listen to different radios around, you know, even, you know, generations FM in France. I'll pull up different stations that, you know, pique my interest, you know, and has playing music that I like or my music. So I'll listen, you know what I'm saying? But, um, at the same time, you know, I agree. Like I haven't really, I had to say to myself, like, wow, I really don't listen to hot 97. You know what I'm saying? And it's not like, you know, back in the day where you'd be like, Oh, I'm not in New York. I don't listen to hot 97. So you don't feel no way about it. Now you really have an option in on demand capacity to say, you know, I could pull it up and listen to it. Like literally in the morning, you know, like me getting up, getting my shower, doing whatever I'm doing. I'm listening to the breakfast club in live radio. Like it's never changed. You know what I'm saying? And I listen to the Breakfast Club on my phone. You know what I'm saying? And then I get a car to connect. And it'll pop up the Breakfast Club. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not saying I'm a, I have a preference or I'm like, oh, I lean over here, over there. Because I know for me growing up in New York, back in those times when I was in New York, when I was a kid in New York, Hot 97 was the shit. Funkmaster Flex, Angie Martinez, like all of that was, you know, even though Angie Martinez is over at, you know, Power 105 right now. They were legends for Hot 97, making it what it is. So, um, yeah, I was like, you know, does he have any validity to what he's saying as far as, like, Funkmaster Flex not playing his music? Because, okay, I'm indie indie. I'm not signed to Rock Nation Management. I'm not signed to any of, you know, that stuff. I am signed to Doe Records, you know, which is my label <laughs> you know what I'm saying so the budget that is produced is the budget that we produce and the revenue that we produce is the revenue that we you know receive from the work we produce so it's not like hey I'm answering to a higher authority and getting a budget from them you know so we're indie indie in the real sense of the word so like any radio airplay you get you hear from us we work for it any um video play tv play you know anything we work for it so i understand that grind and i respect it and i you know that's why it resonated with me like yeah you know i'm from new york too and that's like honestly like one of the places i don't really try to get airplay in i'll hit up la 
before I hit up New York and have gotten airplay in LA and you know, not New York and I'm from New York, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I get that. I respect that. I understand the I have empathy for what he's saying, but as an artist, as a businesswoman, I still have to, you know, give you all sides of my, you know, my perspective. So like I was saying to someone a couple of days ago, I'm Switzerland. I'm not like pro funk master flex. I'm not, you know, team flex or team, you know, Griselda. I'm neutral because I'm team art, you know, and the art is hip hop and it's music and it's our music and we got to stop giving it away. You know what I'm saying? To let other people regulate and put policy and procedure on for us to follow when we created this. So um, it piqued my interest because I was like, you know, he's not saying anything wrong. You know, I completely 100% agree with what Conway, the machine, was saying in regards to, yo, it's these gatekeepers. We need like some fresh ears because it's not fair. But at the same time, because like I said, prior to leading to this, I am Switzerland. So I'm not on one side over the other. So at the same time, I would say this though. As far as, I don't know how indie they are because they're signed to, he, you know, he's signed to Shade Records, Shady Records, MM's record label. And he's managed by Rock Nation. So he has very credible, you know, entities that are backing his, you know, movement versus myself, an artist like myself who is truly indie, you know what I'm saying? Like we can't call up, you know, double XL or complex and say, Hey, look, we need a write up real quick. You know what I'm saying? We could submit all we want and we, and we just pray that something catch. And, you know, lately it's been catching and I'm grateful for it. So I'm not going to, you know, downplay anything. It just takes work. And I think that's what I respect over the years is the work that it takes, you know? So I'm not going to say like, Oh, you know, we have a formula or we doing anything, you know, different. We know someone who knows someone. No, it's work, you know? And really and truly on, in addition to the work, that's when you get your song. Cause not every song is going to be a hit. And that's what I learned too over the years. So, um, with that being said, I wasn't going into like, you know, watching, you know, consuming Conway Conway's, you know, rant on Instagram and just getting hype off of it. Like a hundred percent. I get, he's right. He's right. He has valid points, you know, but because he's an indie artist that's above levels other than, you know, artists like myself and a lot of artists that I know and affiliate with that are out here doing music. And, you know, even myself, I'm a member of the recording Academy. That's for the Grammys. So I'm not going to act like I'm, you know, low level or I, you know, my, my record label, we're just bogus and we just do whatever. Like we're legit in these streets, but it's still work. And we're still a small fish in a big pond. You know what I'm saying? And I respect that. And I, I respect where I got to go. But, um, at the same time, I would say this, if I had the recognition and the levels of acknowledgement and success that Griselda separately, you know, collectively had as well as individually, they have, I wouldn't even be fucking looking for flex. That's just me. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, the way I look at it like this is, and this is one of the reasons why if you'd never heard me, and I'm pretty sure I told you this, I'm going on two years of podcasting with you guys. So if you never heard it before, you probably will hear it now for the first time 
from my lips to your ears. Presently, as of this day, which is July 12th, 2022, for the last maybe 10, 11 years, maybe even 12 years, Drake has been my favorite artist. A lot of people might be like, what? No, what? You did, uh, 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 you know, give you all that, you know, pushback for that. But I don't care. He is my favorite artist because the stuff that I always wanted to do, I love Drake for doing it. Not giving a fuck and just doing it. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate that, respect that, and he gives me the inspiration to do what I want to do, like, you know, creatively. I'm not going to say, oh, Drake is the reason why I do whatever. No, but the stuff that I've seen that can be done, that people be like, nah, you can't do that, you can't do that. Drake has done it successfully, and that's why he's my favorite artist, right? So um, somebody like Drake, I remember when all labels, I'm not assuming labels, all radio stations in New York, Hot 97, Power 105, anywhere in the tri-state area. They was like, oh, Drake is soft. He's You need tissue and moist, wet naps to listen to his album. And they was just ripping them apart because of the type of songs he was putting out. Not realizing that he was swooning bitches out of their panties with these songs. He's, they don't even realize that. They just hate it because it's not lyrical, miracle. It's not hardcore in these streets, right? But he was like, I got something for y'all. I'll be back. Let me tend to my bitches real quick or my ladies <laughs> real quick. And um, it worked. And then what happened is as years went on, those DJs that was like, I ain't playing no Drake music because I'm pro this dude and not Drake or whatever the case is. I'm not with this soft sound. He's sounding, you know, too soft. I'm with the hardcore shit. All them niggas not only play Drake right now, but respect Drake. And you can't, I don't care what y'all say. I'm like, oh, they do. They do. And I'm going to hit you with another side. I'm going to hit you with some Jay-Z. The reason why I love Jay-Z, Jay-Z equally to Jake. To, why, why am I getting tongue-tied here? I'm going to bring it back around. Let me try it again. I'm going to bring that back around to show you why I feel like Jay-Z is where he is and why I love him and respect him equally as an artist, businessman, etc., to Drake. So, you know, keep that thought in there. I'll be back because, you know, always try to make a point about everything. So, um, to bring it back to even go further, just bring it back to the initial reason for this episode, you know, I think that maybe that, you know, Conway should have took a page out of Drake's book and say, fuck these niggas. I don't see them. They in my rear view. Because you know what's going to happen with him doing that? His music bat- popping. Like, I like the song with him and Jill Scott. I don't even know the name of the song. And that's a terrible shame because I like the song. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I'm saying. Like, the song to me has been shrouded or um, overshadowed, I should say, by this. You know what I'm saying? I saw the video. Jill Scott was looking beautiful. You know, I even said they had great chemistry together, her and Conway. I was like, ooh, I don't, you know, because, you know, it's all artistry. So it's not, oh, Chanel Pearls. That's the name of it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to close out this episode with Chanel Pearls by Conway the Machine and Joe Scott. Because at the end of the day, like, I don't want you to feel like, oh, I'm over here, over there, whatever like that. But I still want to make some points, right? 
I feel like me personally, just my opinion as a bystander watching or whatever you want to call it. Um, I feel like by him saying what he said by Conway saying what he said about flex, it did two things. It kind of put a chink in his armor because you were doing, you are doing great. Your group is doing great. Indie, you're coming through with a sound that's not really the popular sound right now, but you're getting the respect, you're getting the accolades, and the doors are opening for you. And you know what's going to happen? If you keep going further, you can op- open up the doors for the rest of us. You know what I'm saying? And the rest of the artists in hip-hop that do this type of hip-hop, right? So, Boom. That's for one thing. You should have not paid no attention. Just keep going. Because like Drake, which is my favorite artist, when people were dissing him and joking him and saying, oh, he's not going to do this and this is wacky and this is soft. Now, all of those people have to play him. He didn't have to, like, make no rant. Like, oh, you're not playing my shit. He don't even see them. They're in his rear view. His music is speaking for itself. You got to play it. You know what I'm saying? So that's what's inspira- inspiration to me as far as when it comes to Drake. And I feel like that um, maybe Conway could have took a page out of that book. Like, yo, don't love fucking look in the rearview mirror. Fuck that nigga. Now you gave this nigga shine. Maybe maybe his light was dimming a little bit. And I'm not taking nothing away from Flex because to me, Flex is... I, I remember original Flex. I'm talking about Funk Flex that was um, definitely the biggest thing at Hot 97. But he had a car show on MTV. He was like anywhere in the hood, the basketball games, wherever you at. Like Flex is, if Flex is DJing a party in the club, it's a, such a lituation. You know what I'm saying? So I grew up in that era of Flex where, you know, Flex is was at the height of his career, like, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not taking nothing away from him to be like, oh, fuck, Flex need to get off the radio or he needs to stop, you know, stop being the gatekeeper. But I understand sometimes we've got to switch it up. And sometimes a fresh piece, you know, pair of ears, a fresh pair of ears can kind of go a long way. I get that. But I feel like sometimes if you just be like, hey, you know what? Well, I'm going to see your ass. They're going to die out on their own like let the garbage take itself out and i'm not saying flex with the garbage I, you know what i'm saying I, i'm just talking about the scenario and giving my opinion i'm just saying like if you felt like dude ain't fuck with you the worst thing you could do is give that dude light because if he don't fuck with you which is what he's showing you now what, what funk flex is showing coming out like i ain't like i ain't fuck with you but i was keeping it politically correct but since you crossed that line all bets is off, and now I could go in because you went there first. So what I'm saying is whatever Flex has to say, whatever shit Flex, you know, wants to talk on the, on the mic, on the radio, he kind of can now because you open up that can of worms. Whereas if you was like, I almost see you. Like, yeah, I did a freestyle with you a couple of years ago. Yeah, I did this, whatever. You ain't playing my shit. But you know what? They played me in L.A. You know what? They played me in Atlanta. You They played me in Chicago. And kind of focus on where they play you at, where they support you at, versus where they're not. Trust me, it goes a long way. So that's what I wanted to say about it. Like, I didn't, like, I see some people were like, oh, you know, hip hop is changing. And, you know, they're lackluster. They, they don't do what's going on right now so they're not gonna make it as far as like Griselda and Conway etc I get it 
and I understand what, what, what the consumers, the fans, and just people with opinions, because we all have one, are saying. And I get it. I even said it to myself. I was like, you know, I wonder, like, you know, this stuff is good, but would it hold up next to Wu-Tang, Circa, Circa 98, you know what I'm saying, like, in the moment? Would it hold up next to Jay-Z, Circa 98, 2000, in the moment? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I'm not here to... To hold that battle, because some people might take my music like, "What is hold up against MC Light?" I get it, or M- or Little Kim, I get it, but I'm just saying, like, yo, I would say this, um, <clears throat> and I'm not talking about you know Griselda in particular, saying whatever, but I just feel like it was, you know, like you know, in high school, a couple of years, shit, it's been a few years now, maybe even over ten years now, but they said, you know what, we're not even gonna hold people back anymore. Remember back in the days when you went to school and if the teacher or administration felt like this student is not keeping up with the curriculum provided, they would hold you back and you would repeat the grade. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that caused bullying because like, nigga, you got left back because really, truly the last day of school and the first day of school were the most important days of school as a kid for me. Because the first day of school, I went to Catholic school, majority of my school education. So, um, you know, it was like, for me, it was like fresh penny loafers, but I used to always put dimes in them. And then like my Catholic school uniform was like red plaid. So I would get like a burgundy brownish penny loafer. And then what we get, like, a, I would flip it and get like a, um, instead of getting black, I would get the bluish one and put the silver dimes in them and put the copper pennies in the burgundy-ish, reddish ones. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was on my shit. And my knee-high socks, like, I was on my shit. You know what I'm saying? And to me, it was more like shoes, my book my uh, book bag, and my hair got to be fresh. My coat for winter, we got to be fresh type of thing, you know, because I didn't go to public school. But I understand as people went to public school, you know, first day of school is the same. If we went to Catholic school, private school, parochial school, or public school, you know, it was the same. Like first day of school, you want to show up fresh, like fresh backpack. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Fresh hairdo. Oh, yeah, I got my penny loafers on, but I got dimes in them. Y'all niggas got penny loafers. You know, it was like it was some different stuff, right? So I get it. First day of school. Then, um, then there was the last day of school. That was a big day because, you know, in New York, we, School went all the way to June, damn near the end of June. I don't know about now. That's why, like, I live in Florida. It's new for me to be like, school ends when? May? What? You guys get out early, you know what I'm saying? Like, back in the day when I was in school, we literally got out, and, like, next week was 4th of July. I swear to God. Like, I don't know what happened. But um, the last day of school was important because, A, you know if you went to the next grade or if you got left back, B, if you had to go to summer school, because sometimes those are the things. It was like, A, you know, you did good. You went to, you go, congratulations, you're going to seventh grade. Or you missed this class by one point, so you got to go to summer school. If you make that up, you can go to seventh grade. Or the last one, hey, you just flunked. You got to get left back. You got to do sixth grade again, right? So at the end of the school day, everyone's showing their report cards. And, you know, the teacher calls you to the desk and give you the report card, give you a personal information congratulations you go to the next class but she never really like broke it down if you got you know if you got um promoted or demoted which is ironically the same thing they use at works you know in corporate america promoted or demoted so you didn't she didn't make it a public thing 
right? But it was a serious thing. So, you know, like, especially, like, if you bust your ass all year, you did what you had to do, you did your homework, you turned in the reports, you did whatever, and it really relies on this moment, this day, for them to say, hey, look, congratulations, Colleen, you're going to eighth grade, or sorry, Colleen, you're going to be left back. I will have to say, in just shining moment here, I have to pat myself on the back, never got left back. And actually, I started school early because my grandmother was tired of me in the house with her, talking her to death. She can talk the podcast. You see why I have it now. But I was a youth, a little youth, talking my granny to death. And she was like, you know what? Me can't take it. Me I'm going to take her to school. My grandmother taught me how to read. My grandmother taught me how to write. She, I was reading books. I'm reading to her. I'm like reading her magazines. And I was like four years old. And she was kind of over me. So she took me to Catholic school where my brother and my cousins went to the same school, St. Simon Stock. Shout out to St. Simon Stock in the Bronx on 182nd and Valentine. Boogie Down represent. It was an Irish Catholic school. And my granny walked me over there and she was like, she's ready for kindergarten. And it was like, how old is she? And she was like, she is um, four years old. And it was like, well, no, we can't put her in kindergarten. We have to put her in pre-K because that's the age range that she's eligible for. And my granny was like, no, I taught her everything already. She knows how to read. She knows how to write. She knows everything. She knows math. She needs to be in kindergarten and actually she needs to be in first grade but please put her in kindergarten so they was like all right well we do interviews and she does interviews with like the nuns and the principal and based on that we'll let you know and so my grandmother came back the next couple of days and I had to go into an interview with the principal and a couple of nuns and it, you know I still literally remember like it was yesterday like I just talked them to death they was asking me a couple of questions. I told them a couple of stuff. You know, they asked me to read something. I read it to them. Like, I was just going off like it was a regular day. Like, oh, yeah, where's my grandmother? I'm ready to go back to mama. You know, and they came out and it was like, so she's with you all day? And my gra- my grandmother was like, yeah, she's with me all day. And she was like, and you taught her all of this? And she's, she just turned four. My grandmother was like, yeah, I'm telling you, I'm tired. <laughs> Take her with you. So... To me, I will say I'm proud to say that I never really had a struggle with school or was never left back, but I'm not shining or dissing anyone that has been left back. But what I'm saying is you had to work for it back in those days. Like, you know, you had to work for anything that you earned, anything that you did. So from that, you know, from school, then, you know, being out in the, you know, the world and saying, hey, look, I want to be a, a rapper. You know what I'm saying? Anyone that I encountered, producers, you know, beat makers, DJs, they gave their harsh critique, you know what I'm saying, over the years to me. They like, you know, this ain't gonna cut it, this ain't gonna, you need to lay on the beat, you need to do that. I've been through all of it, you know what I'm saying? So I'm saying all of that has shaped me and molded me into the person I am today. So I think with age, experience, time, and, you know, I'm not gonna sit up here and tell y'all my age, because, you know, I'll just put it like this, I look younger than I am. I'll leave it at that. Ow. But um, I think that makes that sets the precedence and the difference. You know, sets the the it sets it apart, differentiates between um who's really nice at this and who got their participation certificates. <laughs> like who who really went to the school of hard knocks hip hop 
and who got the participation certificates from the GED center. I don't know. But, um, the reason why I say that is this, um, I seen, you know, T-Pain and academics was recently talking on academics podcast. And he was saying how, um, they were saying something about Tupac and I really don't know. I didn't catch all of the hundred percent verbatim, but I know that, um, T-Pain said, Hey, if Tupac was around right now, he would get his ass handed to him lyrically because these MCs are different, you know? So what we'd be saying like, Oh, these are the most lyrical dudes in the world back in 96. They wouldn't hold a candle to some of these dudes today. Right. And then now on the flip side, I say, you know, some people would not have held a candle to the artists back then, myself included, my old group included, you know what I'm saying? It was like fucking workouts, trainings, you know, do it again, do it again, do it again. Like that shit, I, I dream about that shit still to this day. Do it again, do it again, say it again, run around the block, come back, say it again type of stuff. So that makes you, it builds you differently. You know what I'm saying? So what I, I was joking, but like, yo, these new rappers be getting participation certificates because they don't, you know, stage presence, no. These fucking songs, no. You know, see me in real life is a different thing. See me in mode is different. You know what I'm saying? And that's all I'm going to say about that. You know, so just let your work shine for you. Don't focus on a motherfucking, like, if you feel someone's hating on you, the worst thing you can do is basically why I'm even doing this episode is to focus on who's not fucking with you. Focus on who's fucking with you. They always tell you that, and it don't even matter about music or nothing. They always say that. Focus on who's fucking with you. You know why? Because you're going to get more out of life that way. You're going to feel better out of life that way versus being like, why they don't fuck with me? Fuck them niggas. It may not even have nothing to do with you why they don't fuck with you. You know what I'm saying? But for you to take the time out and your energy and waste it or whatever like that, man... You fucking around with the participation certificate crew. So that's what I say about that. Like, um, I just feel like, you know, like once again, I'm just going to reiterate on it because it's not even going to be a long episode. Okay. But I'm going to say like this. I feel like, um, Kanye Conway (laughs) could have not addressed him. You know what I'm saying? And focus on where you're getting that love at. Look at your markets. Who's spinning you? Who's playing you? Who's revering you? And bring your energy over there. Because what he did successfully now was two things. Niggas wasn't even really thinking about flex outside of whoever, whatever, you know, like what we know is flex. No one's like checking for him on a daily. But now he puts up, oh, seven o'clock. I'm going live. I'm be talking shit about this nigga talking shit about me. Tune in. Now you made his ratings go up. Now they're going to go check for him. Now they're going to be like, well, damn, well, I want to hear what you got to say because Conway said what he had to say on Instagram, so let me tune into your radio station where you're working at, at your job, getting paid to do this, and let's, you know, send the ratings up. So they might have been like, dude, your ratings are slipping. You know, we, didn't, we might have to get someone new in the spot and fresh in the spot because your ratings are slipping. And then, you you know, you talk about them. You say, oh, this nigga ain't playing, you know, New York rappers and real hip-hop shit. Now he's like, oh, perfect thing I needed. Now I'm back in the limelight. Thank you. 
for hating on me because now I could, you know, maximize on this and keep me on top. And I'm not saying one is right over the other at all. I'm just saying like we as um people and especially as artists is sometimes best to just let sleeping dogs lie. You know what I'm saying? And I and a lot of stuff that I tell you, I tell you this damn near every episode is like I'm just speaking for my truth and for my experience. You know, I can't tell you like, this is right. I know for a fact, I'm a professional. I know everything. I don't know everything. I, I'm sure some days I wake up, I feel like I don't know nothing. And I'm just being real. But at the same time, I can say from experience, you'd be surprised how much power you can gain and how much power you can take away from whoever you feel is hating on you by not even paying them no attention. Trust me. Let me tell you, I throw block parties because sometimes, you know, people will be like, oh, she's looking at me, bitch. I don't even fucking see you. I don't even know you exist. I block your shit. So if somebody telling you I'm doing something, they lying to your motherfucking ass. Anyone who knows me, if I don't fuck with you or you rubbed me wrong or you did something crazy as far as like, you know, you look scammy because, you know, a lot of shit go on, you know, on the social media. They want to hit you up like, hey, I'll charge you for spinning your record like what this weird shit if it just looks weird and just not normal to me i don't have a problem blocking and it's not like you know oh i you know i want oh you're gonna be stop you shouldn't do that you're hurting your fan base yo who rock with me will rock with me regardless i'm like cameron with that shit yo i throw block parties every fucking day be like <laughs> you know what i'm saying like you fucking triggering me on some wrong negative energy shit i don't live in a negative world i don't do negative or entertain negative so i will block it you know what i'm saying and i feel like that's what we should do like block out the negative focus on what's making you happy focus on someone on what's productive and real in your life and you will manifest anything you fucking want true word but if you like yo why um flex ain't playing my fucking song yo right now like when i post posted my join up so many people that that are not rappers they're just like regular working people doctors lawyers maybe some are publicists maybe some are you know writers and journalists but they just work and take care of their family, right? And they love hip-hop. They grew up, we all grew up in the city together, El Barrio. So they like, yo, fuck Flex. This nigga washed out. We tired of this nigga. So people that are not even trying to get music played, not even trying to get exposure, is tired. So you should have just let it work itself out. You know what I'm saying? Instead, it kind of like gave him the fuel that he probably needed to keep going. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to digress. But, um, yeah, you know, I feel like this. No, I'm not in no position to say one person's music is better than the other. I just know what I like. You know what I'm saying? And, and I've even been in conversations and confrontations because <laughs> some of them shit's turn into confrontations. Some of conversations turn into confrontations. But, you know, when you voice your opinion, like, yo, I like this. Like, you know, and I know you probably like, what the hell were you talking about the participation certificates a couple of minutes back there? But I be feeling like, you know, a lot of people, their go-to is boom bap because it's so simplistic. Rhyming on the block, the Glock's in my sock, everyone's hot, yo, I'm gonna rock, like, so simple cadence, so simple, you know, um, throw a couple of bars in there, and they a rapper, you know what I'm saying, and I think that that, you know, 
as an MC, as an artist, as a person that's been doing this for over 20 plus years, I take offense to that because it's not that, you know what I'm saying? It's not that. And then, um, you know, collaborations, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, collaborations, you know, if I'm, I'm going to get this person on my song. I'm going to get this person on my song. Well, what are you doing to make your song hot? You know what I'm saying? Even when someone tries to ask me for collaboration, like, yo, I'm not Jay-Z, I'm not Drake, I'm not none of the greatest, you know what I'm saying? I'm just a humble black woman here out, you know, from the Bronx currently, out here in Tampa, enjoying the Florida sun, which allowed me to relax a little bit and take life um, slow but appreciative, but still be creative. I'm not going to say that I'm the fucking shit, but I feel like, you know, when people hit me up and be like, yo, let's collab on a song... I take time out and talk and be like, what are we doing? Like, what are you, what are you trying to, you know, what's the, the end goal of this collaboration? You know what I'm saying? Because some people literally just be like, yo, I got a song with Gong But what is that doing for you? You know what I'm saying? Because if I come on this song and shine the hell out your ass, what is that doing for you? Or vice versa. If I'm like, oh, I got songs on my song, you shine the hell out of me. What is that doing for me? The thing that I love about um, collaborations, it just it, it brings out the best in both people that are collaborating with each other, you know? So I feel like um, a lot of things that are being done right now is like participation certificate likes, meaning that, you know, we're doing this and I have all this and this. I have this one person on my song. I have this, this, and this. I should get airplay from Funk Flex. Why not? You know, I have this, this, and this, and I have this person doing a you know production. I have this person rapping. I should get a Grammy nomination. Why not? You know, and I'm guilty of that too, to some degree. Like, you know, thinking that that was what was gonna work and that was gonna be the formula. But really, in the end of the day, it's fucking good ass music that the people, majority of the people, not majority of your clique. Not majority of your crew, but majority of the mass populace or the mass population or the majority of demographic in, you know, your living space. So if you're in Europe, like majority of Europe, if you're in America, majority of America, Canada, majority of Canada is fucking with it. You know what I'm saying? It's a difference. And then to me, I feel like radio plays a big part in that too. You know what I'm saying? I can just speak for me and my humble self. I'm, you know, I'm not even nowhere near where um, I vision, I dream, and I see myself. You know what I'm saying? But just the stuff that I've been doing in the last, you know, 10 years. And I, like I said, I've been doing this for over 20 years. But it's a difference in the last 10 years. You know what I'm saying? And we're nowhere near where I see it, you know what I'm saying, but, um, I'll just put it like this, radio is important, I'll just leave it at that, you know what I'm saying, don't sleep on fucking radio, because you can have 10 DJs that you're cool with, and they'll spin your song, they could spin your song in, you know, at a concert, they could spin your song during intermission at a comedy club, they'll spin your song during, um, you know, I don't know, anywhere, block party, anywhere, and it's cool, because people are hearing your music, but it's nothing like rotation. It's a difference. You know what I'm saying? So I understand where Conway is coming from. Like, yo, these niggas need to play out shit. And I see, and I agree completely because like when I, you know, send out music and I'm, 
you know, dealing with program directors and doing whatever. Like, I didn't, honestly, I didn't, like, New York is the last state that I deal with. Real talk. I deal with Chicago, everyone else. And everyone else show love from L.A. all the way over to Chicago, even Connecticut, Boston. I can go down to Philly. I just actually got, you know, spoke with a, a program director out in Philly. I think 99 to beat it was recently. You know what I'm saying? It's just like people are receptive. But New York is just like has this air of we're better than you. <laughs> we're untouchable. We don't we just look down on you. You know, so I know and I get it. I'm from New York, born and raised. Like I say, I may be removed many years now from it and live in a more peaceful, serene environment. But um, I'm still an artist and I still have to deal with these markets as well. So I understand where it's coming from. But that's why, like I said, you know, notice I said that they're probably one of the last people I even send things to because ain't nobody fucking listening up there. You can have the fucking hottest shit if your name, if the name is attached to it. And I get it. That's where it comes back around to like why people collaborate. Certain people think like that's going to get them the recognition or acknowledgement. Nah, not in New York. It won't. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole structure has to change before it can happen. You know, before artists can be like recognized again. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't, I, like I said, I'm not there on a daily basis, but I do know they have, um, a hip hop radio station that's based out of Staten Island. They still have a couple of college radio stations like NYU 88.1, you know, say WBAI. They still have a couple of indie stations, but I don't know how that work, how it's working right now. Cause it's been, I'm years removed myself. So I will be lying. you like, Oh, I did this. I did that. You know, BTR radio, New York There's a lot of radio stations out there, you know, that you can get play on that I've gotten play on. So let me actually retract that and say like, Oh, I never got airplay on radio stations. No, in New York, I have, I have, but the dream of every artist to get on, you know, like back in the days, you know, when I grew up in New York, it was 98.7 kiss FM and 107.5 WBLS. Those are the two stations like hip hop, R and B, et cetera. Then we moved into the nineties, right? It was, um, Hot 97. It was Hot 97 and WBLS holding it down. You know what I'm saying? Wendy Williams went from WBLS to Hot 97 with her gossip and everything. Like It was lithuations. Like, and then I did feel like when Wendy Williams, Mr. C, Angie Martinez, Funkmaster, like when all of them was over there, even though behind the scenes it probably was crazy, but on the front side of it, they were like repping Hot 97. That I was proud a proud New Yorker during those days. Like, yeah, nigga, like, you know what I'm saying? Clue, you know, clue all that. Like, man, shit, I can't even think. So many, it was just lit, a lit point in time in radio up in New York, right? I got goosebumps right now, even just thinking about it. But um, it became like a monopoly. Then became like a, a fortress, an impermeable fortress, you know, where artists just can't even get in and then what's heartbreaking and, and discerning is that other regions outside of new york because everyone aspires to be like what the big city the big apple so if new york is shunning their local artists if new york ain't playing you know local music if new york is not supporting indie artists we won't either because we want to be like new york you know so i do agree that something has to change you know what i'm saying but then I feel like um, maybe if, even with me doing this episode tonight, maybe if we didn't focus on 
you know, oh, this is fucked up. This they're not changing and not opening the doors to us. And we focus on what we are opening, the doors we are opening, and focus on the radio stations that are playing us. Like me, I literally be like, yo, I'll do custom drops, like what y'all need. That you know, I, I bring it back to the nineties because shit that was just like near and dear to me. I still do it for radio stations and for personalities in 2022, because that's my way of showing gratitude. They don't got to play my shit. You know what I'm saying? They don't have to play me. You know what I'm saying? So I do stuff that they be like, yo man. And you'd be surprised even down to Canada, just hit me up. Cause I'm still in rotation. God bless it out in Ontario, Canada. And they hit me up with like a major, you know, blessing. Like, yo, we're going to do this for you because we fuck with you, Ganga. And you know what I'm saying? And you have to build a rapport with radio. I'm sorry, you do. So I, I get it. So I feel like it was kind of like, oh, you know, damn. It was like kind of like two downfalls. Like, I feel like, you know, Conway maybe shouldn't have just. I understand how you feel. Trust me. A lot of us do. Pete Rock talked on it. And he's a legend and icon in his own right. You know, um. Indie artists talked about it, DJs, like, blah, everyone's talking about it because a lot of people feel the same way. But then I feel like maybe if we collectively did not focus on that and focus on what's working for us, then we could take some of that power away from these niggas that call themselves gatekeepers and call themselves blocking, you know, certain type of music, you know? So that's what I say. But now I still got to play a little devil's advocate and say, Maybe it also doesn't hurt to do something that, you know, would pique their interest. You know what I'm saying? Would catch their air because sometimes they say you can get a lot more flies with sugar than shit, right? So hear me out. And I'm just going to give you, and and this is free game right here. And you probably won't get no free game like this from me until next season of She Can Talk the Podcast and... But this is what I would have did. Like, I looked at the freestyle because I said, you know, what happened? Where was the breakdown? Funk Flex had them on his show. They did a whole freestyle segment and everything. Like, there's no way he could have been not fucking with them and did that. I know behind the scenes is politics. That shit could still happen. Like, niggas won't fuck with you, don't like you, don't want to hear nothing from you. But they'll still have you on their show. They'll still, you know, produce a record for you. They'll still throw you whatever you know what i'm saying like niggas will do because it's business they feel like if depending on where your level is at or where your potential is they might still could benefit from it so even if they don't fuck with you or they don't like your sound or whatever they'll still give it a try right so i looked at the um freestyle after i saw the rant from conway and i was like well what happened what did i miss because it doesn't seem like you know as far as what i remember it doesn't seem like flexed it in show any type of disdain or he didn't he didn't like them or whatever but then i watched it again and you know some years have passed so this video is five years old at this point now like it's 2022 videos five years old and then i guess you know with time because you know how they say hindsight is 2020 so when you look back in time you can see more than you did you know when you were actually living through it or whatever so looking at the video i was like oh his body language, his face, his disinterest, his not co-signing and, you know, like, yo, this shit, is, like, he's not getting hype. He basically told you that he wasn't feeling it without being mean. So, I will say, some people might be like, oh, this nigga's a hater, blah, blah, blah. 
But um, I've seen Charlemagne do worse to guests and, and treat guests worse than what he did to them. He was hospitable. You know, I love what your mom say back in the days. Granny used to say, if you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. So maybe he took that route and was like, you know, okay, all right. Boom, they got bars, right? But um, I think with, so then a, a, a year ago, it looks like he was talking with, Million Dollar Worth of Game, Funk Flex was talking with Gilly the Kid and Wallow for Million Dollar Worth of Game. And Wallow was like insisting like, yo, Griselda's the shit. Admit it, admit it. And he was like, I per se don't like them. I like more stuff that I could spin for the clubs and they don't really have any club records. But I like what they're doing for the culture. Gave a great answer. He didn't shit on them. But if you listening with both your ears... He's basically telling you, like, yo, this is not my forte, so don't ex- don't look for me to play it, right? Without being rude, without being, you know, offensive. He was just basically, hey, look, I, I like stuff that I could play the club, but, you know, I like what they're doing, respect to them, boom. Politically correct, you know? So I don't know behind the scenes if something happened or whatever the case may be, so I can't speak on that. I could just speak on okay, he, was, he wasn't that rude or he didn't diss them, you know? But then, and I'm not going to say that Conway dissed Flex either. Conway just really made a valid point. It's basically like the elephant in the room. Like, we all were thinking it, we all experience it, but no one talks about it, right? At this point, the game is like, it is what it is. We got to wait for these motherfuckers to either die or the radio station to go to funk and just, just give it to someone else. You know what I'm saying? Like, we kind of, came to that conclusion as New York artists or anyone that's, you know, trying to get New York play as an indie artist. We just like, you know, go elsewhere. We got to make everyone else like it. So that way New York will just have to like it, you know what I'm saying? Type of thing. But, um, I think when he, um, kind of voices opinion, which once again, I don't feel like it was nothing wrong with him voicing his opinion. I feel like it opened up that fucking true vortex of emotions from flex so if like based on what he posts over the last 24 hours flex in his response to conway's rant and then you go back and couple that with looking at his body language and that hot 97 freestyle from griselda that's all you need to know that's all you need to know. And it's not even like, honestly, I don't think none of them are wrong. Like I said, I'm Switzerland. I'm neutral on both sides. I don't have no horse in the race. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not sitting here like, oh, I feel like this and that. But what I will say, from an artist side, because I am an artist, I understand where they're coming from. And also from a business side, because I do own dope records. I am a business you know, person or businesswoman, I understand that it goes hand in hand with the music. You can't have music without the business, right? So I understand where Flex is coming from. Like, you're going to need something marketable. You're going to need something that's going to, you know, convey into different demographic audiences. You can't just focus on over here without either A, at least having something for over there. So if you say, hey, this I'm doing this for over here, like, you know, I bring back the Drake. Drake will give you some hardcore stuff for the MC and his fans. Like the fans that want to hear the lyrical stuff, want to hear him spitting. He'll give you that. That he talked to the women like, yo, I have a soft heart. Like, you know, women be like, I just wish I had a guy that would listen to me. Drake be like, yo, I'm listening to you. You know what I'm saying? So he gives that to the women. Then with his new album, he did like the whole house and come on out. When I heard that joint off the rip, I was like, I like it. 
I love it. I you know I love house music. I used to model to it. I went to high school fashion industry. House music was a prevalent part of my life. You know what I'm saying? It's just as much as hip hop. It's like fifty. It's like maybe um forty percent. How well no we're gonna we're gonna take it down a little bit. We're gonna say twenty percent house, and then the and then the rest of um maybe about forty percent. So four six. So about forty percent would be reggae and then the rest of it is hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Like as far as how I made it, my DNA. So um yeah, when I heard Drake's I was like, Oh, I love it. And I like and it just further solidifies him as my favorite artist because he is not scared to try anything and he'll step out of the bounds and he doesn't care you but oh this is not boom bap and hip hop. You know what? You're right. It's not. It's house. Get with it. Get diverse. Diversity and inclusion, right? So that's what um I say like, you know, just focus on what you want to do and don't really worry about like who's not on board or who disagrees or like, you know, try to peg you into a hole because honey, I'm going to tell you like this, you can get stuck and no one will care and you will be stuck and then you're just not interested. So I say, I understand from Flex's side, you want to add a little diversity. You want to be like, yo, Give me something I can play in the club because that's his job is to entertain on the radio and keep the radio hype, but also to entertain in the club, entertain in person. And wherever he goes, he needs music that's going to keep the crowd accordingly. He might, you know, do a brunch. He might do a um Sunday service. Like, you know, it might be different things that he has to do a fashion show on Wednesday and he has to have music, music accordingly. Not everywhere we can play hit a nigga, kill a nigga, shoot, shoot, shoot. You know what I'm saying? So you have to have diversity and inclusion for everyone. So I understand where Flex is coming from with that. And is he wrong? No. You know, is there a gatekeeping problem in New York radio? Yes, it is. Is there no type of equal opportunity in radio in New York? Yeah, it is. And, it, you know, so I could feel him on that. But um, I feel like let's not give them light. Instead, let's focus on what we can do for ourselves, especially if we're truly independent. So you could tell me, you know, if you agree or not, this is not really about agreeing and disagreeing and I'm right, you're wrong. Not at all. But I can just say that I can understand everyone's point of view. You know, even the people that commented like on my Facebook posts and, you know, different stuff. I was trying to gather insight, you know, I'm like, you know, I want to make sure I'm saying it the right way and I'm not trying to be offensive to Conway because I understand his plight and I understand what he's saying but as an indie artist underneath him what I will say is bruh you should just focus on what's winning for you and don't focus on these motherfuckers that ain't trying to even help you if you look back at the video you can see a nigga face like he was disinterested and he's not whatever you say whatever you do however much you pander to him he's not gonna fuck with you and I have fucking people out there like that too. They're like, yo, I don't give a fuck what Ganga do. I don't like her. I'm not fucking with her music. I'm not going to help her. And you know what? What I say to them, fuck you. Cool. You know what I'm saying? I'm not coming to ask you for help because, you know, my music has got me to the Grammys. It's got me to Paris. It got me to Ireland. It got me to England. In the figure, in the physical form. You know what I'm saying? And I'm grateful for that. And we're not done. And it also taught me to, like, not focus on it. Even sometimes when you see people, like, um, winning 
everyone like, you know, when the sun and the moon don't shine at the same time. So you got to respect when people are shining and doing what they're doing. And that should make you get motivated and inspired to be like, yo, my time is near or my time is coming. You know what I'm saying? Instead of looking at it wrong, like, oh, why are they shining and not me? You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I respect that. I know I, it's haters out there. And there's people that may not want you to, may not want to see you get it. Or just don't like you for whatever reason. Like, because it's you. You know, like, I don't know if Flex and Griselda had some type of encounter prior to this. Why he said, hey, I make up my mind. I'm not fucking with them. I don't know. Or it could just be, you know, y'all niggas from Buffalo. And I don't fuck with y'all niggas up there. Like, I don't like y'all. You, I I don't know. If someone can know, if someone know, chime in. Hit me up. Let me know what y'all know. But honestly, it's not even really that deep for me. I just really wanted to share the fact of, um, yeah, if you're working hard, if you're focusing on what you're focusing on, and you have a goal to attain and a dream you're trying to acquire and accomplish, focus on that. Don't focus on the people that's trying to take you off your path because once they get you off the path, they won. And you lost, you know what I'm saying? So, like, right now, I think, like, he kind of resurrected a sleeping dog in Flex with him going off. And now he's like, yeah, I got something to do on my radio. Maybe all his radio episodes were kind of lame. I'm just throwing it out there because, like I said, I don't listen to Hot 97. But um, maybe all his episodes was kind of lame. And now you gave him something to talk about, gave him some light, you know? And instead, you could have focused that energy like, yo, you know, to someone that's playing your song. You know, who's playing Chanel Pearls or playing, you know what I'm saying? Like, I like the song that you got with Ludacris, you know, playing those stuff. And, hey, look, I, I, I hear Atlanta's playing my joint. I hear y'all showing me love. Let me go ahead and call you up for an interview. Let me come through and I'll do an interview with y'all. Focus on who's focusing on you. That's all I'm going to say about that. But I'm not going to leave this long. I'm not going to go into overtime here because I already feel like I'm an hour. I don't even know. I'm not even looking at the clock. But I will say this. I'm going to leave y'all with that. Like, it really wasn't about... um a think piece or like, a, um, I'm right. You're wrong. This is my opinion. Cause I can see both sides a hundred percent mutually. I can see both sides, but as an artist, I have my input and I just wanted to share that with y'all. And then as a businesswoman, I have my input on the other side. So I just wanted to share that with y'all, but tell me what y'all think. Feel free to leave a comment, you know, share, you know, share your opinions. Cause that's what we're about. And I think that, um, Maybe not soon because I'm talking with YouTube and seeing what we're going to do because I understand now that you have to kind of do some video like my, my, I have YouTube, but you know, all my stuff is audio for she could talk, but I'm, I'm thinking about doing like a live, you know, situation where you guys can call in. We're live on the air on YouTube for she can talk so real soon. So maybe in the fall, but, um, you know, I kind of was thinking to like, man, this would have been a perfect one. So I could have some of you guys call in, but until then stay, you know, hold on to your horses, stay tuned. Cause we're going to work that out for you. But for right now, check out this episode. And I'm curious to hear what you guys think. You know, tell me if I'm onto something, tell me if I'm completely wrong. Tell me if you're like, no fuck flex, this nigga's right. Conway's right. Or if you're like, fuck Conway, Flex is right. Like, how, tell me your opinion. Tell me how you feel. And I was so intrigued to see that so many of you guys were vocal and um, interactive with my post earlier today. And I was like, yeah, I want to really see what everyone's thinking before I actually, you know, give my opinion. And I thought that was very cool. But um, yeah, tell me what you think about my opinions because I really didn't really share my opinions on the post. 
I more so ask questions to pull out more of people's opinions because, you know, I didn't want to get into that debate on social media. And I want to save it for you guys here on She Can Talk. Hey. But I'm going to leave you out with this. If you like it, tell a friend. If you don't like it, tell a friend. And I think that's what Conway should have did. He should have told Flex, if you like it, tell a friend. And if you don't like it, tell a friend. Because it ain't going to hurt me either way. And that kind of, look, I got to back up a little bit. I said I was going to end it right there. But that's one of the reasons why that is my saying. You know, when I'm passing out music, when I'm like passing out whatever I'm doing, promoting the brand, I say that. If you like it, tell a friend. If you don't like it, tell a friend. It don't hurt either way. Because there's two things that people talk about. They talk about things they like and things they don't like. So what um, maybe Conway should have understood with that is Flex may not show you that he like you, but he probably tell a lot of people he don't like you, which is going to cause him to come back and check you out anyway. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I always tell y'all, if you like it, tell a friend. If you don't like it, tell a friend. It don't hurt either way. And you know my other motto, love on yourself. Look in the mirror. Speak positive affirmations to yourself. Tell yourself you're beautiful. Tell yourself you are loved. Tell yourself whatever you need to tell yourself to get through this thing called life. Because if you can't love yourself, you cannot love me. And from my mouth to your ears, I want to say I love you. Thank you for tuning in once again. This is Colleen, a.k.a. Gongoli, a.k.a. Bigly in the building. And thank y'all for tuning in. And um, I'm looking forward to hearing what y'all, what y'all think about this. You know, like I said, I try to keep it lighthearted because I don't really try to get too far-fetched into the um emotional realm of things because we got a lot in life that's already taken us off of so many different emotional paths. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to go there for myself or for y'all. But I just wanted to share my opinions on both sides. Because like I said, I'm mutual Switzerland. And I'm looking forward to hearing what y'all got to say. So until next time, y'all, stay, you know, blessed. Stay safe out there. Spread nothing but love. Because, you know, it doesn't hurt. All right? And y'all stay good. Peace. Uh, cutting through in the rows, Draco on the seat, I hope I'm making it home Head on the swivel, I always stay on my toes The ones you love most, wanna know what your safe really hold No morals in the streets now, niggas breaking the cold Smoke a blunt of pressure, this fame is taking its toll I'm thankful ain't no shows, I need a break from the road Put niggas in position, they still ungrateful, it shows It's fucking up my energy, shit is making me cold My life a series of drama just like them HBO shows When I die, I'm going out like the Pharaoh draped me in gold I'm still gonna run this shit till I'm 80 years old They realizing lately I'm the one that's been taking control Private table, car bones when we leave Miami Beach And I brought Santa Beach, your kiss tastes like a cane of peaches You got that shit on you, killing them, that's just saying the least You about to get away with murder, you my Annalise Got you the bust down Cardi, that's 30 bands at least Chanel Pearl, Chanel bag, hold that Lambo key You always held me down, you knew me back when I ran the street Back when if you wanted some weight, then I was the man to see Back when I was trapping with a scale and some paraphernalia Now when I'm buying drip, I get measured and tailored My accomplishments, some of my day ones never was there for I just realized they feel like my successes, they failure yeah, you wanna be a boss, you be resilient when pressure gon' build up. Some niggas gon' have issues with you and never gon' tell you. We, we, uh. 
We filled the buffalo night skies with our minds and sativa. I was your lady, your confidant, your sugar thighs, your soul believer. I know you. So I never trip. Fuck the little girls that you hit, waiting for the change they might get. They wanted that highlight from all the monster stones that you chip, all the little baggies you beg, and all the corners you sit. Intense. Some would call a symbiotic. Different. And every part is simple intense. Why I fuck with you most was the you that I get. It was the rhymes that you spit, your confidence in the dick. Why we stay close, we wasn't monolithic. My lane taught you some game, you got me nice with a blick. In that apartment on May Street, you played Wu and Ella Fitzgerald. I read Nietzsche, you let me sleep. Woke me up with a big ass smile to eat some pussy. More than cloaks, more than kinky, more than blood. I know you feel me. Even in the Taliban. Hand in our hands, lyric, oh, artisan You'll never know the whole plan You'll never know Even in the Taliban A pen in our hands, lyric, oh, artisans You'll never know the whole plan You'll never know the whole plan